So as we were kind of talking about before, you know, like A4 is here doing helping out with some of the translation. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's the audience. Right. That's the audience. Everybody. Um, so, so why don't you why don't you guys describe like sort of what you are here doing, and then then we can kind of like jump off to some things from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, uh, the main thing that we're doing is that we're. Um, so we're coordinating a bunch of speeches, um, Japanese speakers, and um, well, a few. Um, well, yeah, what, main, what we're mainly doing is um, coordinating uh, six Japanese speakers, and so what we're doing is that we cor- uh, we set up the speeches, and then um, we're also interpreting them into English, and um, so yeah, that's the main thing that we're doing right now. We're transterpreting, as, as I like to call it. <laughs> That's true, um, yeah. So we actually pre... We learned this from Nintendo, who were, used to be the only people who had intelligible GDC speeches right. uh, with, with Japanese speakers, much less actually good, interesting ones. Yeah, they, and also yeah. understandable. Right, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big that's a bonus. Big thing. Um, we basically get the speech ahead of time, translate it, and then on the fly, just jokes or uh, ad-libs and stuff we're able to interpret on the fly, because even... Like, maybe people at the UN are really amazing, but most humans, even good, experienced interpreters, you lose, like, 30 to 50% of, of the subject matter, especially when it's something specific like games right. and you're referencing, like, you know, Metal Gear Sword is what the one, <laughs> one yep, yep. person right. translated uh-huh. Metal Gear Solid as. But you don't <laughs> yeah. even need to know... I think that was... What was that added previous GDC? That was, no, at was a, that was actually oh, at okay. Japan, yeah. but yeah. There was there was something like that at a, at a previous GDC. Oh, there have been right. there have been bad ones. Or you get the, the same. You might get this in interviews sometimes with Japanese creators where you hear somebody talking for like an hour, and you hear in the middle of that speech, the Japanese speaker is like Super Monkeys and something like that, and you're like, oh, okay, there's, there's <laughs> gonna be something about Super Monkeys in here. This is gonna be great. What is this? And then the interpreter gets on. And it's like. Yes, he, he played many games in his childhood. Like, <laughs> right. Wait, uh, what? You were just talking for five minutes. Like, I know... I feel like that happens all of the time. Like, exactly. It does. And I'm sitting there going, I'm getting a really interesting answer out of this. Like, this uh-huh. is going to be great. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then the translated version of that is just, yes, we right. can confirm yeah. that. Yeah. Like, exactly. So when you know, people mention specific game names, especially a lot of times they're different in the different territories and stuff, and that's when you... Go to a good GDC speech to me. It's it's always the specifics that are the things that stick with you, like specific examples from specific games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. People talk about specific experiences, other game creators and stuff like that. This stuff just always just get completely lost. Right. So it's all about the specific stuff, but all of that right. always gets lost. So except yeah. with our panda transterpreting, transterpreting <laughs> method, TM that we came up. method right. that Nintendo came up with that we stole oh, that's actually. True. <laughs> Then when yeah. somebody makes a joke on the fly, the, the interpreter has the mind space to go and do that and then can come back to the notes, basically. So right. that's it. But I imagine uh, a lot of them has come down to, like, if the interpreters don't know some of the lingo from video games, uh-huh. like, the way that gets translated, it must be, that's what probably, like, results in some of the weirdness. Exactly. So, like, are, do you have to try and find interpreters that know video games, or do you yes. train them? Oh, okay. Yes, yes, definitely. So we find people who know about video games, and that's like the the, the um, first condition that they have to have. But so um, through our method, it's not okay. So simultaneous interpretation. I think it's probably like almost impossible to get everything correct. Have mm-hmm. the um, interpreter have everything correct. So what we do is we pre-translate everything. So um, the whole everything is already in the um, translators' hands when they enter the translation booth. So what they do is like they read off the script 
and um, by reading off the script, there's no way they could screw up, right? Right. So um, that's how we um, deliver the the basic the, the um, basic message to people. And like in this case, um, so these are Japanese speakers, but the main audience are English speaking people. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like. It, we, we're kind of sacrificing the uh, freedom for the Japanese people to kind of go off their script, but we, we are asking them to stay on their script, but because the most important thing here is to deliver their um, their core message to the English-speaking audience. Right. And so, yeah, that's why we're um, using this method. And, and it's um, a totally worth, worthwhile trade-off, because having gone to speeches in past years before we were involved with the interpretation, well, before just interpreting was actually done by people who knew games, like... You would come out of some of the speeches, and you'd have to like go look at uh, somebody's news story. Like I used to read Christian's news stories because like he actually would, you know, consult with people who spoke Japanese who could tell him what was actually being said because the interpreters <laughs> were like not making any sense. I, I I remember a couple of speeches in particular. Like I came out really like that's awesome. I got to see you know this guy who I love. I have no idea what he said. You know, like, <laughs> right. and so you know doing it this way, it's, like Yoroko said, it is a little, bit of a trade off, but it's like at least you're, they're guaranteed to get their point across, which is really uh-huh. the most important thing. Also, when stuff happens, like you know, I mean the QA and stuff, we still have to handle that interpre- uh, mm-hmm. on the fly. And also, when stuff happens, like stuff goes wrong, or somebody makes a joke, or you know something happens like that, you can still handle those like little one off things. But yeah, right. And usually, like, these speakers um, are not the best speakers. Like, they, they're really good in creating games, but they're not, like, right. made for being speakers. So. Is, is there a lot of stuff like GDC in Japan at all? So, like, because you see a lot of the same people come through GDC on the Western side mm-hmm. who are used to, you know, and you see them get better over the years, like, doing these right. presentations. But, like, for Japanese developers, like, is GDC the one time where they actually find themselves doing something like this? Right, GDC. And maybe Cedic. Cedic mm-hmm. is like the Japanese GDC. It takes place a little bit before Tokyo Game Show. It's kind of the same vibe. There's mm-hmm. much less of a like uh, um, the foreign visitors there, right. speakers on there. It's mostly a Japanese centric thing. It doesn't make much of a splash. There's not a lot of news that comes out of it, but it's um, nowhere near as big a deal as GDC. And it's but much it's, smaller. It's yeah. all they have basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what, is, what, what would you say the, the, the tone of those presentations when they're talking to like other Japanese developers, like, do you notice a difference in the way they present their stuff? Like, I'm curious if there's any sort of, like, trends you notice there. I would say, in general, it's much, uh, the amount of, um, candid, frank talk is much less there. It's much more of an official thing, um... They're more quiet. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think there's much less of a, like... Yeah, then this shit went wrong, and oh man, we were <laughs> idiots, true. we were thinking about this, what the hell were we doing? There's much less of a, like, I'm just going to be open and honest with you and share stuff. Um, I guess it's more like a, like a PR, kind yeah, of Yeah, it's like a controlled message in a way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get those speeches here at GDC sometimes too, right, where it's like, this is our victory lap, and it's like, oh, what went wrong, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I do in little air quotes, which is like, you know, like, when you get the question in the interview, like, what's your worst weakness, like, oh, I worked too hard, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you know, we released too much good stuff day one, and we should have sold stuff for DLC, it's like, no, like, really, the, the good speeches and the good, um, post-mortems, post-mortems mm-hmm. in Game Developer Magazine are actually, like, honest, right, so I think there's... There's less of that. I, I kind of hope that it's changing, but um, there's not so much of a like. Let's all we're all in this together. Let's like share our knowledge um, thing, which is you know 
really helps the industry here, right, and I right. would really help in Japan. I think it yeah. hurts them that they don't. I think as the indie community in Japan starts to kind of grow and will sort of break out of their shell, which is like what we, you know, we sort of saw a little bit of that a couple of weeks ago with Bit Summit. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to get these indie guys out and like get their voices out. Maybe this will start to change because they don't have the big, you know, giant corporation above them telling them what they can and can't say. Right. But right now, a lot of the speakers coming out are like on the big, you know, AAA titles and stuff from like you know your Capcoms or your Squares or whatever, and they right. basically have a message they kind of have to maintain. So. Right. Although I think like last year, uh, Mr. Inafune's speech uh-huh. was, um, you know, he was pretty honest and. Um, this was really good. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. In a sense, he and is an indie too, though, right? I mean, he's a guy exactly, who broke off yeah. and from Capcom mm-hmm. and, and from a big company basically and yeah. started his own thing. So. And you know, um, how we presented the speech too, like he was one of. Um, the different ones. He's actually a good speaker, and he yeah. did not. He's felt very natural. Yes, and you know, he's very natural because he usually doesn't prepare a script. But like, <laughs> so right. that was actually one of our biggest headaches last year. Because, um, <laughs> he didn't have a script, and at first he was refusing to um, create a script because he doesn't do it that way. Right. But um, we were explaining to him why we, we we need a script, and you know, we we were telling him. You know that is the only way we could deliver his message to the audience in a proper way. So, you know, he bent his way. He was like, "This is the first time I'm writing up a script before I'm talking about." Like, you better appreciate it. Exactly, but he actually did prep a script for us, and and you know he was really good in you know sticking to what um, he told us that he was going to speak about, mm-hmm. and so it turned out to be really good. Like it was a, it turned out to be a great one. I think, I think some of my favorite moments from... I remember that this happening at the at, in Funes was... And this always happens some, in these translated ones, is there'll be some Japanese members of the audience, or at least, you know, Western people that can kind of understand kind of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And whenever a joke happens, like, the wave of the way the joke occurs, where, like, you get, like, three people in the room that get to laugh at the joke as it happened, and then it pipes through, finally, the yeah. translation, and then it's like, Everybody. pause, pause, pause. Ah! Sometimes it throws the speaker too. They're like, wait, what? Now yeah, everybody's yeah. like, like, how long did they have to like wait before? Later, yeah, uh-huh. you're still talking about the next thing. I, I assume that must be like really stressful as a speaker. Like, I guess that joke did not play right, at yeah, all, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. the crowd. Yeah. Right. So like, we try to avoid that kind of awkwardness to happen too many times. So what we do is that um, we try to time the interpretation with the Japanese. So we have mm. this little method of giving signals as okay. Now yeah. you can move on to your next slide because the interpretation ended, and we do that um, si- um, signal um, system. So the speaker will know, okay, am I at the right pace, or should I be waiting, or should I hurry up? Like, yeah, that's yeah. another good thing. Ideally, you're not waiting for him to finish his sentence and then interpret it. Ideally, like he starts his sentence, you know, okay, yep, he's talking about that, and then you say the sentence as you already have it, like mm-hmm. right now. So, so yeah, sometimes there's like a little delay, but usually, like with, with simultaneous interpretation, like sometimes you're getting something that someone said, they're waiting for a paragraph to end, so you're getting something literally like a minute, a minute and a half later that somebody <laughs> said, and it's just like, oh, I, I don't know what the fuck, it's like they're, they're listening to another speech effectively. So, cool. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time, guys. Cool, thanks, of course. Thank you.